Please listen carefully. Welcome to the NC State Philanthropy Podcast, telling the world how we think and do through the support of our friends, alumni, and more. I'm your host, Taylor Pardue. On our season two finale, we're joined by NC State alumnus, supporter, and entrepreneur Charles Gaddy to discuss his recent Founders Pledge, a new way donors can help Wolfpack entrepreneurs in training think and do. Thanks so much for being with us today, Charles. Um, just to kick things off, tell listeners a little bit about yourself and kind of your early life and what brought you to NC State. So I am a North Carolina native, grew up in Wilmington, North Carolina, and was always the state Carolina Duke sort of thing. And I came to NC State in 89, and I graduated in 93. I always get that wrong. Is it 93, 94? I think it's 93 anyway. But I think I majored in just about everything you could major in at State. I started out pre-med and ended up in history, spent some time in the engineering school and computer science. I think it was in the, it wasn't the business school back then, but I think I had a business major for a little bit as well and just sort of bounced around a bit. The nice thing about state, I think, is that there's so much opportunity in those first two years to sort of learn and experience. And coming from Wilmington, which is a beach town, and, and back when I was here, I-40 had just opened. That's how okay. long ago it was, right? So, um, you know, getting out of a little sleepy beach town to Wilmington and coming to the big city of Raleigh and getting to, to, to learn and experience all that state had to offer was fantastic. Sure. Yeah, so. Well, that's great, too. Like you said, there's so much to offer, and you got to experience a lot of it. It wasn't just yeah. an opportunity. Now, granted, but... you know, it was right after uh, Jimmy V had, had left, so we had a little bit of gap in the, in the basketball front, but the fo- football was pretty solid, so there was the sporting aspects, okay. you know, as well. But, but yeah, just it's just a great place to get educated. I'm probably going to say this four or five times throughout our little conversation, and I'm sorry about that if I repeat myself, but um, I really found it to be a great place to get a well-rounded education and yeah. to learn how to learn. Um, that's one of my big mantras is that, you know, you've got to go to a university, in my opinion, to learn how to learn, mm-hmm. and NC State's great for that. No, that's so. a good mantra, yeah. And, yeah, like you said, it's a great place to do that. Where, what did you finally settle on and kind of talk about oh, your, your experience So I ended up in uh, Humanities and Social Sciences, CHAS, right, okay. um, with a degree in history because um, and a minor in computer science mm-hmm. because I, uh, I can add two and two and get five, but I could, <laughs> write, uh, I could write code and get it right every time. Okay. And back then there wasn't as much uh, flexibility, I would say, within the, you know, the different schools. You, know, you had to take a lot of math to get a computer ah. science degree, okay. for example. And math, like, unlike programming, math wasn't really my strong suit. Okay. Anyway, um, but being as I was uh, pretty good at writing and, and the like as well, getting a degree in history and being in the honors program there allow, allowed me to take some uh, creative liberties with combining things. Mm-hmm. So I wrote a... Uh, thesis paper on Chinese law and society uh, during the Qing dynasty, which was 1644 to 1914. It was right before uh, World War I. And I wrote a computer game to go along with it, which was a a simulation of a traditional Chinese court. And you got to hand down verdicts and torture and all that. It had screams in it and there were these pictures. It was kind of like a choose-your-own-adventure book. Okay. Um, but in 93, 94, that was a pretty cool thing to do. So oh, there was sure. a little bit of multimedia in it. And it was, mm. it was a fun project to combine the technical with the non-technical. And that's, yeah. I, I think um, that's something that especially as you go out and leave NC State and go to get a, you know, get a job, develop a career, whatever it is, you're going to find that 
you can't, you're not just a programmer anymore. You're not just this. You're, you combine the technical and the non-technical in a lot yeah. of ways. Um, the Fuzzy and the Techie, it's a great book, by the way, also. But The Fuzzy and the Techie talks a lot about how those things fit together. So. I think you're right. That's just a great culmination of all the different experiences that you have, but especially those final majors and the programs and different yeah. things. Like, the, just a great way to really yeah, show had, uh, Dr. Akko, who passed away in 2016, I believe it was. Was my he was the head of the department I believe when he passed but he was my uh, thesis professor a great great guy uh, I wanted to take the, bring the internet to China after I left that just goes to show you how old I was in ninety ninety three um, but uh, yeah great uh, great opportunities there and uh, I really think that no matter what you major in a lot of ways as long as you go about developing your own process for learning it's 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 a great opportunity to do that here at state sounds great so early nineties you've graduated. You, in your story, you kept integrating things that you had learned here at NC State through your career. Talk about kind of where you went after uh, you graduated and what you did. Yeah, so, you know, uh, I worked at First Citizens Bank for a little bit. I wrote uh, branch item automation software. I had an internship at IBM for a bit. That was great. One of the other great things about State was even if you... So I was in the CHAS school, right? But I went over to see Joyce Hatch, who was in the computer science department back in the day. Um, she'd been here for a long time. And I said, I want an internship. And she helped me get an internship in plastics manufacturing and an internship in eventually at IBM, which turned into my first job out of college. Um, so that was cool. And it just goes to show you that there are no, you know, there may be, you know, silos in, in what you major in and, and the like, but being able to reach across within the different universities and, and, and get value for your education is here. It's great. So um, after some stint at IBM and uh, in the financial services space, like I said, writing branch software for IBM, I got into consulting a bit and then a lot in the data space, um, you know, data warehousing, all this sort of stuff that eventually led to um, being the head of a product, uh, head of product and a VP of product, excuse me, at a uh, software company here in the Triangle for a bit uh, during Web 1. Okay. And, uh, of course, that failed spectacularly, Web 1. You know, uh, there were a lot of companies that, that, that started and didn't do so well. But uh, coming out of that, I, I really got the opportunity to, to really focus in on what I really enjoyed, which was using data, right? Mm -hmm. So uh, from there, I uh, met my business partner, uh, Bill Sproul. He and I worked with a, a few different companies along the way. Um, one company called Address Doctor, which was in the address quality space. We did a lot with SaaS and Dataflux. And then eventually we founded GDC, which is the company that um, we just sold to the London Stock Exchange Group. Mm -hmm. And and so it, it would be safe to say that learning how to learn was the college theme, but data is king was probably the professional career, mm -hmm. right? So and GDC is? Global Data Consortium, yes, yeah, sorry. Oh, so sorry. obviously with a long name like that, we call it GDC <laughs> all the time. But um, GDC was a, a company we built that was uh, built in, the, it was a cloud-based API. Oh. I don't have techie, you want me to get that? No, 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 it was a cloud-based API that did identity verification and it, it uh, the goal was to prevent money laundering online mm -hmm. there's a uh, way there's there was a lot of that going on online and you needed uh, tools to verify people's identities okay. to make sure that during a PayPal transaction you are who you say you are um, when that account gets open when a Venmo account gets open Stripe Square all that sort of stuff those were all customers of GDC and the technology we provided took the data points that establish who you are, Taylor. So your name, when you were born, um, where you live, your phone number. It took those data points and used multiple data sources all over the world. Okay. Uh, we covered uh, 75 countries and up to different eight different data sources. So credit, uh, government sources like Social Security Administration, um, 
telco data sources, commercial and consumer sources. Mm-hmm. And it used that data to establish the, the likelihood that these data points together were a real person. Right. Yeah. Does Taylor live here? Was he born here? That sort of thing. Okay. So it sounds like throughout your career, whether it was creating code or creating actual the whole business itself, you know, you really have this entrepreneurial mindset, this creative spark and everything. Well, so Taylor's great you asked, how did I get to entrepreneurship from here, right? Uh-huh. Uh, so it's, you know, we started GDC with friends and family money. And that was it. Nobody uh-huh. would loan us any money. <laughs> I don't, you know, it's hard. It was hard when we started 2011, when we started the company. It was hard to uh, raise money in the triangle in that area because mm-hmm. of the, the hangover from the Web 1, as I mentioned sure. in the comments earlier. So we, you know, part of entrepreneurship is understanding how to bootstrap things sometimes. So we went to... Um, you know, my, mine and Bill's friends and family to, to raise a very small amount of seed money. And then, you know, we, we effectively ate what we killed for, for the better part of six or seven years before we um, were able to build out the, what eventually became the, the, the tech stack and, and business approach for GDC. Okay. But as a function of that, the bright side is we, uh, when, when we sold GDC to the London Stock Exchange Group um, in 2022, we created uh, 25 new millionaires in North Carolina because okay. we never raised that venture money, right? We mm-hmm. took the entrepreneurship and startup startup route, absolutely, but we didn't do the let's buy business, let's raise, raise, raise. We built businesses instead, mm-hmm. right? Okay. That's something we had always done before GDC, and, and with GDC, it really paid off, mm-hmm. right, um, to have done it that way. We've talked about giving back. Yeah. Now talk a little bit about how you've made a very – important gift to NC State lately through a new program that we have called the Founders Pledge. Talk yeah. a little bit about now how you're giving forward okay. in, the, so, in lieu of the sale of your company. Absolutely. So, you know, I, I think that entrepreneurship, and, I, and I've heard from people I've spoken to at the university that, that we want entrepreneurship to be a, a focus, a minor, right. I don't know what the, the right you mm. know, educational terms are, throughout the university, right? Yeah. So as a function of that, um, I'm very, I was very keen on the Entrepreneur's Garage. And um, even before we sold GDC, I sponsored the uh, the trip they do to Silicon Valley mm-hmm. and Austin, Texas over the pandemic, um, where they could go and learn and see about other um, other startups and other companies at different stages in the life cycle, right? Mm-hmm. So there's this thing that Todd Mars, who uh, works very closely with the Entrepreneur's Garage, got off the ground called the Founder's Pledge, right? And it's geared towards this idea that you know, you come out of a university, the university, you go out, you start your own company as so many engineers and non-engineers do at mm-hmm. NC State, right? This is a way for you to say, hey, I kind of acknowledge what you got from the university and, and make that pledge your commitment to do what you can to pay it forward. It's mm-hmm. not always a monetary commitment. True. Um, it can be, you know, I, I've been talking to a good friend of mine who I just got to sign up for the pledge. Oh. His company's just getting started. They're, you know, they're, they're, they're not generating a lot of revenue, but he signed up for the pledge with the idea that, you know, it's a goal for him to be able to pay that back, whether that's um, him going in and, and volunteering his time at the entrepreneur's garage underneath that, whether he eventually sells his company for a lot of money and can set up an endowment, which mm-hmm. is what I did. Um, the, the goal around the pledge is to get that engagement, yeah. to get those um, individuals that are on that track who are driven to do that sort of thing, mm-hmm. get them engaged early in what entrepreneurship is here because it's going to be such an important part yeah. of the university going forward. Absolutely. Like you said, it's it's not just money and it's really not even, it, it's non-binding. There's no timetable yeah. to it. It's when you achieve a level of success that you're, you, you feel good about. Mm-hmm. 
you say, okay, now I want to give back in yeah, such yeah. and such a way. Yeah. And it's not binding, but you'll find that individuals that go out and do the entrepreneurship thing that, you know, you're, you're a lot of times when I went to get my mom and dad to give us money to start the company, no. right? I made a commitment to Absolutely. make giving them a return on that, right? So yeah. it's not binding, but the people I feel, the people mm. that are going to be engaged in doing the Founders Pledge, mm. Are going to feel that it's binding because they're when they reach that point, yeah, like I did and like I hope others will, they're going to want to go do it because mm-hmm. it's an acknowledgement that I made this commitment at the beginning, the beginning, so to speak. I'm air quoting for those in the audience <laughs> at the beginning, and then now I've gotten to that point and that, that I wanted to get to, and I'm, I'm going to acknowledge it by giving it back to the university yeah. as well. Well, talk about specifically how your gift you know, we've talked about how what you can give, when you can give, but where you can give as well. You know, your um. Your gift is looking at helping with experiential learning. Talk a little bit about that and what all you hope to accomplish with it. Yeah, so, you know, I, I mentioned the trip earlier, and that's that's just one step in the process. But um, you can learn a lot by sitting in the classroom. Don't, you know, I, I learned how... Uh, how they moved the pyramid stones in the history of technology <laughs> by sitting in Harrelson Hall many years ago, right? You um, but you also need to understand how it is to operate, you know, within, with outside of the walls that is the yeah. university. And so the goal of, of, of this endowment and the money that we put forward is to, to give those in the garage an attempt, you know, an, an opportunity, not an attempt, an opportunity to um, get out and, and see how what they might have learned is put into practice, mm-hmm. right? Um, how they can experience. I mean, this past trip, I think there were 18 uh, students that went and they got to go see the Tesla factory, okay. um, which was very cool to see the automation there. And um, they also got to sit down with some women founders that we set up. You know, there was a very uh, diverse group, not just a cool tech group that yeah. was there, right? Um, and, and I think that's the kind of thing that when you put it with what NC State already has to offer, mm-hmm. you're really kind of bumping it up a notch. That's why I think entrepreneurship across the board and then the experiential aspects that I'm, I'm hoping to see come out of the funds that we put out there are really going to be a next level uh, for what, what NC State can do. I think that's great too. Like you said, it's not just seeing what you can accomplish. It's not just the tech side, but it's seeing other people who look like you are achieving these things and yep. being able to go out and you know visit them wherever they may be in the state, in the country, yeah. or in the world. But yeah, yeah I had a, we had a... Uh, we had an attempt at a, a dinner with the the crew that went to the the last trip, and just to hear them, you know, to, to see the look in the eyes of mm-hmm. of those people that I know are going to go out and start great businesses, talking about the te- you know the tour at Tesla, the the you know the the sit down with some of the other founders that are out there. A lot of the founders were from NC State, some of them weren't, right? But mm-hmm. uh, to hear them recap and recount what they experienced certainly makes what I you know the the, the money we put in worth it because. Oh, yeah. Um, I hope to see it grow. I hope to see it become more than one trip a year. I hope to see it uh, go international as well. I think um, there's a lot of meccas like uh, like London where you could go and have a, a very interesting experience about how entrepreneurship is done there. Entrepreneurship in France can be completely different. You know, there's True. a lot that you can experience um, within the model, and I hope that we'll put the funds to use that way. Talk a little bit about, too, you know, I think it's so important that, yes, you've made a, a very important gift. But you also give through your time. Like you said, you really, you've met these students and you, you, you enjoy hearing from them and everything like that. Just talk about what your experiences have been like really staying in touch with current students as an alum 
and just yeah. kind of seeing that play out. Well, it's also cool because I'm not getting any younger. <laughs> so <laughs> you get a little taste of that youthful ambition okay. as well, um, which is nice to hear, you know, and, and I try not to be a curmudgeon when I'm, when I'm talking to him, but at the same time, <laughs> it, it can be very uh, energizing to, to, to see the, uh, you know, the boundless potential, if you will, sure. um, when you talk to, to younger people, which is great. And uh, I actually just uh, hired someone from the entrepreneurship program for a marketing internship with okay. my uh, investment fund. So okay. I, it, it's great to, to, to see all of the opportunity that they have out there, uh, they, the students have yeah. out there, and just to see how they approach it. So I like that. Um, I'm hoping to maybe talk the entrepreneurship garage into an office and maybe some sort of in, uh, entrepreneurship and residence gig. But I haven't, we're still under negotiations with, uh, with Jen and Todd. So we'll okay. see. Well, that leads into what I was going to ask you next. You know, you've sold your company, you've made your founder's pledge, but what do you see for yourself now? I know you still have that entrepreneurial mindset, that entrepreneurial yeah. drive. Uh, well, what's next for you? Yeah, so I'm doing two things right. I'm doing three things right now. So I have okay. <laughs> that sounds. I have three exactly. kids. Well, so I have three kids under the age of 15. Okay. So I do a lot of carpool, driving people from one place to the other. To be honest, I'm a five year old, a ten year old, and a fourteen year old. That's so, a full time job. Yep, yeah. Right there. Um, I've got my fourteen year old plays a lot of AAU basketball. He's to play for Keats someday. Okay. Finger crossed. Um, and then so does my ten year old, and then I have a little ballerina at five. And so I do a lot of that, right? Mm-hmm. And, and it's been nice to have that time. Okay. But um, along with that, I've, of course, done, I've started a family office where I kind of look for um, growth, entrepreneurship spirit, people that mm-hmm. know how to, you know, that, that are trying to build a business to invest in, right? Uh-huh. And so doing that focused uh, very locally, but also focused on uh, minority and women-owned mm-hmm. um, businesses. So we've got about five or six businesses in that portfolio. Um and, you know, there's one in London, one in Pennsylvania. Most of them are here. And then the Triangle area as well. Giving back in the area to me is, is very important. And then I'm also trying to find more things to do with the university, not simply the money, right? So I, I joke about being an entrepreneurship and entrepreneur in residence, but I'm running an experiment right now. I air-quoted again for the studio <laughs> audience. Uh, an experiment right now, which is called Operation Give Pack. And it's really um, trying to figure out if you can build a sustainable and credible model within NIL for Olympic sports, right? Can I connect a charity uh, with an athlete within an Olympic sport and and have the athlete benefit, the charity benefit, and of course, ultimately the university benefit as well? and it's been pretty good so far. We've got uh, eight swimmers involved, and they they have been fantastic to work with. And uh, some of them are graduating, so uh, good luck to them. But uh, they're uh, it's kind of got like a DoorDash piece to it. So there's an app, uh-huh. and the 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 swimmers go and they say, "Hey, um, I see that I can pick up." Um, a food box from Produce Box and deliver it to a family that needs that food uh, this week at you know uh, uh, through a doorway to hope, which is a charity here in Wake County that deals with the uh, working poor primarily. Okay. It's about 350 families that they focus on. Mm-hmm. But going back, so this the app works. The, the athlete says, oh, I've got my afternoon free practice ended. I don't have a test, whatever. The athlete can go in and say, I'm going to pick up this box. I'm going to do this thing. They deliver it. They take a picture with the family, perhaps. They do some, you know, a marketing tweet about it, whatever. Yeah. Um, and they, uh, they get to benefit because they've done a good thing. Sure. They also have an NIL contract with that charity. 
Okay. So they get paid a little bit to do it. And, of course, the, the family benefits because they've, they've got uh, you know, perhaps kids that got to meet an Olympic swimmer that uh, also got a nice uh, box of food delivered. And the charity benefits because most of the charities we're talking to, like A Doorway to Hope, don't have any full-time staff. Okay. Everything's volunteer, yeah. right? So it's a um, and so this is, a, this is sort of a win-win. The athletes benefit because they get to give back. They also benefit because they get, you know, get some compensation. The charity benefits because... They need a workforce to do this. Otherwise, sure. they're, they're trying to track down, you know, it's a read and feed. You know, there's a lot of these things that occur over the summer that the athletes will be involved in as well. And we're hoping to scale it by adding more Olympic sports and more charities. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, like any good model, if we can figure out a way to make money at it, then it will be sustainable. Yeah. And that's the big thing we're after is because mm-hmm. one of the big problems inside of the whole NIL space is it's, we're getting into the land of my opinion, Taylor, just so we're clear. Um, a lot of big checks get written one time and certain things happen. Okay. But how do you create a sustainable model, right? And that's really what this this whole thing is Operation Give Pack is about is can we build something that's sustainable in, in those sports that may be in some ways, you know, under underserved by NIL sure. because they're not the big money-making sports, mm-hmm. right? I think that's so important. Oh, and just to tie it all back in, sorry. Oh. So if I get the, if I can talk them into giving me this entrepreneurship and residence, I want to put the the offices for Operation Give Pack there as well. I think it's so great, yeah, just for you to have an office here at NC State and still be around yeah. the students, the current yeah. students. And, but, um, you know, like you said, so much going on right now with uh, changes and opportunities around name, image, and likeness that I think it's great that you go ahead and instill that value of philanthropy and giving back at, you know, at the start of their career, not yeah. not even just later as important as that is, but yeah. I think that's really important. And that's the cornerstone if you think about it. So, you know, being a, an entrepreneur and a founder and a bootstrap founder to that, I never, and anybody who knows me has heard me say this a thousand times at least, I never use a dollar for just one reason. I never give a dollar, I never spend a dollar, whatever it is for just one reason, because when you're bootstrapping everything yourself, you need to get as much out of that dollar as you can. Yeah. And that's that's a key part of starting your own business. That's hopefully something entrepreneurs learn at the university as well. So when I look at even approaching NIL and philanthropy and the charity, if I can take that one dollar and I can make an athlete better and I can make a charity better and I can make the university better and I can make all three of them work better together. That's a dollar well spent. That's true. Yeah. You mentioned earlier about getting other people interested in maybe taking the founder's pledge or donating to NC State. Kind of just kind of sum up your, your philosophy on giving and what you would tell someone who is considering giving to NC State or maybe hasn't considered giving to NC State, but you know, was a student here or in some other way benefited from the pack. Um, talk about the importance of just supporting our, the ongoing successes that we have here at campus. Yeah, I could start with the, you know, think and do, right? Start with the, you know, sure. start with something as simple as that. Um, if you think about what the university has, has done for you, right? Whether it's the career you have now, whether like in my case, giving me that sort of uh, foundational approach to how to start businesses and do the other things. If you think about those things, why would you not do that? Why would you not give it back, right? Um, so it may be a little cheesy to, to throw out the, the, the mantra there, but it, it applies to some degree, right? So what, why not, right? And, and if you're concerned, you know, if it's one thing that most entrepreneurs are familiar with, it's the idea that you're going to make a commitment and you're going to try to, to, to work through that commitment, mm-hmm. but you're going to pivot along the way, right? So you're making that founder's pledge, but you're not you're not guaranteeing them you're going to write a check. You're not guaranteeing them you're going to show up every Sunday, right? You're going to pivot along the way, but making that pledge 
you know, helps you keep a North Star as to where you'd like to get with it, mm-hmm. if, that, if that helps kind of explain my, my thinking about it. But, okay, yeah. you know, and there's an element of why not? Why wouldn't you? If, you know, if, if it's not binding, mm-hmm. but it gives you a mechanism to easily go back to the university that benefited you and benefit it, why wouldn't you do it? Yeah. Right. And that was pretty much the pitch I gave to my buddy who just signed up because oh, his company um, is focused on, on helping you plan uh, your kids summers, right. Or okay. track out camp and that sort of thing. So it's a, it's a data driven company. It's, it's, it's a SAS type business, but parents okay. sign up for a membership mm-hmm. and they, they help you in a sort of a concierge manner. Make sure your kids have got track out camps to go to in the area make sure, you know, the summer's a book, that sort of yeah. stuff. And you know, his revenue numbers are, are not up and to the right yet, but he's on his way. Mm-hmm. And so him sort of thinking about what he wants to do as he gets to be more and more successful. I turned to him and said, look, you need to do this. Why wouldn't you? Right. And I bet I can talk Taylor into interviewing you about it too. You know, I think, I think that's the perfect summation. You know, it really is. There's so many different ways to give it NC state and to make it your own and really accomplish what you want to here on campus. But this especially, it just kind of encapsulates that entrepreneurial mindset of make it what you want it to be when you, when you can and everything. Just a great opportunity that now, um, anyone, but entrepreneurs especially have an opportunity to take uh, advantage of. Yeah, absolutely. Well, Charles, thank you so much for joining us today. No, thank and you for having me. And, uh, but no, I, I appreciate the time. Thank you for having me. It was, it was fun. For more information on the Founders Pledge and how you can be part of its success, please visit go.ncsu.edu founder. If you'd like to hear even more stories of Wolfpack success, please subscribe to the NC State Philanthropy Podcast today in the Apple or Google Podcast stores, on Spotify, or through Stitcher. Be sure to leave us a comment and rating as well to let us know how we're doing. Thanks for listening, and as always, Go Pack!